Hello and welcome. You're listening to Emmanuel Christian Center's podcast. Join us as we dive into our series, Pursuing Life. If you're looking for a new direction this year, this series is for you. Choosing life is a fundamental decision that has a domino effect in every area of your story. Get ready. God is on the move. Enter our last week of our Pursuing Life series. So grateful for all the groups that have gathered together and the conversations that have been taking place. And in a few moments, Jody is actually going to bring the final message to the series, and I'm super excited about that. But before uh, we do that, I want to, at the conclusion, this is the, also the last day of our 21 days of fasting and prayer for our church. So whether you're in Lakeville or Spring Lake Park or Elk River, Maple Grove, or you're on at home and you're Emmanuel online. I want you to know that I believe that God is answering your prayers. And uh, there's something powerful when we all gather together, we begin to seek the face of the Lord and let him speak to us. And most of the change happens internally in our own hearts, amen? As we learn to listen, let God write on our hearts. And as we end the, today, today's verse, and some of you got the text from this, or the prayer focus was about being a house of prayer for all nations. And it's a value that we have as a church. It's Jesus' vision for the church, Mark 11, where Jesus tipped over the tables and uh, he said, my house should be called a house of prayer for all nations. What he was saying is the very place where the church was, so to speak, that was to be the place where the nations were to come and worship. And we believe that God has called Emmanuel to be a house of prayer for all nations. In the middle of turmoil, in the last few years, in the political unrest and social unrest and all the things going on around us, the house of God should be a haven, a safe place for the world to find hope and peace in the middle of difficulty. Can I get an amen to that? And so we're praying towards that end. We're praying that God would do a miracle in us first and in the house of God that would spread to the streets and we can pray for the peace and the prosperity of the people that are around us and in this particular week, we had, again, more news of things that are happening in our city. There was another shooting where there was a death, and of course, there's been murders every single week through the Twin Cities. And listen, as a church, we can't ignore when there's pain in the city. What we can do is pray that God would heal our land, that God would start from the inside and move outward, and that he would do it in our own life. And this week, I've had multiple phone calls and conversations with people that, that, that are in the city that are dealing with the pain and dealing with more. And the, the, the word I heard is that they're just exhausted. They're exhausted because it's an unrelenting experience that they're feeling around them in the city. I've had conversations with law enforcement that are exhausted they're feeling the weight and the problems and the challenges and the missteps of some people that are around them. But there are a lot of righteous people in the land that we got to lift up and God strengthen them. So as a church today, before we go into the word, I'd just like you all to stand with me in each of our locations. And we're going to pray that God continues to do a work in us and in the city around us. And I believe that God will hear our prayers, amen? So as, as it says in the scripture, just lift up your holy hands in prayer right now. Father, we come before the throne in prayer right now, and we thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for speaking to us during these 21 days of prayer and fasting. We thank you, Father, that your word is, Lord, eternal. It never, never runs out. There's no end date on it. It's still true today, and it will continue to be true. And we hide under the shadow of the Almighty today, 
And we say, oh God, that you would, and ask that you would continue to make of us a house of prayer for all nations. That this would be the place when people are in trauma and they're hurting or they're exhausted or Lord, they just feel like it's just a war without relent. We pray, God, that when they come into the house of God, in contact with the people of God, that this would be a place of peace. Lord, that this would be a place of righteousness. That this would be a place of hope. And God, that you would do a miracle in our house, oh God. That you would change us from the inside out and it would spill into the streets around us, oh God. And that there would be an awakening in our land, oh God, where people's hearts are changed, not just their outward behavior. But Lord, it would begin in the heart and we pray, God, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven this day in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Yes, to God be the glory. You may be seated. Well, today I already mentioned it, that Jody is going to bring the word. I'm so proud of my wife and proud of the leader that she is uh, in our home. I'm proud of her as a minister of the gospel. She's an ordained uh, minister of the gospel, and I'm thankful for what she's doing in the church and in the community, and she really knows the Lord, and uh, so I want you to get your notes out, get your Bibles out, get your Emmanuel MNN app out with the message notes if you need to, and get ready, and hold it on, put your seatbelts on, because you're about to hear the word. Give it up for Jody as she brings it. Praise the Lord. So uh, just to give you a kind of a sneak preview, we're going to talk about perseverance, and Nate, one of the nicknames he's called me is a woodpecker, because I just keep going at it, keep going at it, and I'm like, I take that as a compliment, and as I was looking at a woodpecker, um, they actually work on trees to get the bugs out so it can bear fruit, and so today, we're going to talk about bearing fruit, and so with perseverance, so I thought about, uh, we went shopping, and I saw this woody woodpecker sweatshirt, and I'm like, that is so cute, and Nate's like, you got to get it, I'm like, no, I got enough sweatshirts, he goes, no, you have to get it, so I contemplated wearing my woody woodpecker uh, sweatshirt this morning, but we, we didn't do that. All right, so I just want to give you a quick family update. Uh, we have four sons, and now we have two grandsons. Uh, you can put a picture up of Milo. Nathaniel Roosh was born January 26, 8 pounds, 7 ounces, and you did catch that right. He is named after Grandpa. And so uh, then the next picture we grabbed, a quick family snapshot was all the sons and the women in their lives were at our house, and so we've got four sons, Three of them are married, and we've got two grandsons. Our uh, two-year-old grandson, Kevin, calls me Gamma. And so, you know, if you're wondering what we call Mimi, nope, Gamma. And so, uh, enjoying this season of our lives. And so, uh, today, I want to start out by talking about perseverance. And so, when, if you're in growth track and you've ever experienced it when I've taught, I love uh, seeing results. So we talk about different things in our heart and our passions, and one of my passions is getting results. And so I like to try new things, and not always do I like to try new things, but I love to try new things if I know it'll work. And so I was working at a job about 10 years ago, and this girl was talking about marathons and running and stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And I'm like, I've never run ever, ever. And so she's like, oh, though, there's a program that you can go from being non runner at all to like sitting on the couch kind of person to running a 5k and so I'm like oh that sounds really cool I'd love to try that so I got this little schedule where you run a minute and then you walk a minute and run a minute so eventually I started running a couple miles and that was pretty cool and then you know I got my friend Amy she uh, started running and we just liked kind of how we felt and stuff and 
So then she didn't know this, but I was kind of an on-again, off-again runner, and I was kind of off-again. And so she uh, was on this running club, and she signed up for a race with one of her friends. And her friend backed out and couldn't do it. And so she's like, Jody, do you want to run a 5K? I'm like, yeah, I do. That was kind of like one of the reasons I wanted to try running. You know, yeah, I'll run a 5K. When is it? Next week. I'm like, oh, okay. And so again, she did not know that I was in the season of not being prepared. And so I'm like, I get the little tag, you know, pin it to you and going, this is cool, run. And, you know, partway through the race, I'm like, oh my goodness, like just barely making it. And I did finish. But I was like limping, and then the next week I was like in bed for a week. My hips were like out of alignment. I'm like, that was so dumb. And so um, I, I have to say, I've never run another race after that. I picked up kickboxing instead. And so, uh, yeah. So how can we train and persevere spiritually in such a way that we're ready for the race and the challenges up ahead? So if we want long-lasting results in our life, we have to pursue life. Not just a little bit, not just like Pastor Phil always says, the flavor of the day or flavor of the month, but we have to um, pursue life, not as a tangent, not as something that we're trying, but really with everything we've got in us. And so through this series, uh, we talked about choosing life. And so in order to pursue life, we have to choose the life um, that God has for us. And so then we have to have a devoted life. And Pastor Nate shared about Jesus being led into the wilderness and he faced temptation. And Jesus knew the scripture, he fasted, he prayed. And if we're really gonna live a devoted life, we have to use some of those spiritual disciplines to strengthen our spiritual muscles so we're ready to face those trials. And then Mike Bartell was here from Free International, and he talked about a compassionate life. And when we know Jesus, we have his love and compassion flowing through us to make a difference in the world around us. And last week, we talked about a consistent life. And as we cons uh, continue to get rid of sin in our lives and we pursue God in a consistent way, people begin to take notice. And they look at us and go, what's different about you? That transformation in our life begins to take place. And today, the title of the message is A Fruitful Life, Perseverance Pays Dividends. Do you know Jesus calls us to have lasting fruit? John 15, 16, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. So how many times are we tempted just to quit and give up because we try something and we don't see results uh, following Jesus is simple, but it's not easy. We first have to choose, and that's the toughest part. Uh, but the Bible says that taste and see that the Lord is good, and when we taste and see that, it makes it way easier to pursue the life that he has for us. So in our life, we want to produce good fruit. So the Bible talks about, in Galatians 5, there is the fruit of the Spirit. We know that the Bible talks about we're judged by our fruit and how we reap what we sow. That's a biblical principle. Galatians 6, starting in verse 7. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't give up. Why would anybody want to give up? Well, maybe you're in a season right now and it's really, really hard. 
You're in a time of discouragement. Maybe you've experienced death of a loved one. You've got a job situation. Maybe you've lost your job. You're having persecution at work. You've got family issues. You've got different things in our world. We've got so much uncertainty going on. Well, the Bible tells us that we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So uh, a couple years ago, this movie came out, uh, Pilgrim's Progress, and it was a little cartoon. You can find it on YouTube if you want to watch it. I recommend it. Um, but it's based on a book by John Bunyan. And John Bunyan wrote this book in the 1600s, and it's an allegory of the Christian walk. And so um, there's this guy named Christian, and he lives in this city called Destruction. And they don't know anything about the celestial city, which is actually like heaven. And uh, this guy, Christian, he finds a book, which is symbolic of the Bible, and he starts reading it, and he believes it. And he's like, I've got to get out of the city. I've got to go find the celestial city. So he talks to his wife, and she's just like, no, you're not going to do that. And so he has to deal with all sorts of obstacles and things as he's going on this journey. And it's a great allegory of how we need to persevere in the Christian faith. And so he deals with things like, worldly wise. He's got people who are trying to get him to chase pleasure. He's got people who are discouraging him. And there's all sorts of challenges that he faces. And one of the challenges is despair. And I really feel like despair is one of the things that's really hard for us to persevere through. So in uh, this, this little clip, they've got despair. And despair is in a cage. And he's yelling, no hope, no hope. And uh, that is some place that I really think a lot of Christians begin to turn back around and quit the Christian race because they experience that hopelessness. So uh, our walk of faith is much the same. We need to put God's word in our heart and embark on a journey to pursue Jesus. So today I'm gonna talk about three ways to persevere and reap a fruitful life. So the Bible compares our Christian journey to a race. And in biblical times, the race is viewed by, as a competition and there's a, usually a large audience watching. There's tons of spectators. So in Hebrews 12, verse one, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. So three ways to persevere and reap a fruitful life. The first one is embrace the race. How do we embrace the race? We run with endurance our race. Run with endurance your race. The opening story, I ran somebody else's race, and it didn't go good, and I wasn't ready for it. So to embrace the race, run your race with endurance. Now, endurance in the scripture is the Greek word huponeme. Can you guys say huponeme? <laughs> You're going to hear that a lot today. It's translated in the Bible as endure, persevere, patience, steadfastness. And it means steadfastness, constancy, endurance with a hopeful waiting. And then it's also the characteristic of a person who is unswerved. 
from their deliberate purpose and loyalty to faith by even the greatest trials and suffering. So embracing our race is personal. I can't run your race and you can't run my race. And sometimes it's super tempting for us to look at somebody else and go, they have it so much easier. Why can't it be like that? And they are running a different race. We don't know everything that they're going through and they don't know everything that we're going through. So we have to be disciplined in our spiritual training so we can handle the race that is set before us. Second thing to embrace the race is we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. So Jesus won. He initiates our faith, he's a champion, and he set an example for us. In this scripture, it says that um, he endured the cross. He hoopame. He disregarded its shame. Think of the hostility that he had from sinners and how he is now seated in honor. And the Bible says we won't give up if we remember those things. So keep our eyes on Jesus. And the third thing to embrace the race is remember the people in the grandstands. Now, uh, when we've gone to fitness, like when, you know, during the pandemic, how many of you have gone to a fitness class, like done group fitness where there's other people in there watching? If you haven't, you should try it, it's kind of fun. Uh, but during the pandemic, we all had the opportunity to do it from home. And so we're watching this virtual stuff and you know, you're like doing your workout or whatever and then you're like, I'm really thirsty. I'm gonna put pause, I'm gonna go and get something to drink and then you're like, oh yeah, pause. And so how many of you know that when you're in a group setting and you've got people watching you, you don't pause. You like keep going and like you're <laughs> like looking around, everyone else is going. Well that's what we have to remember, there's a grandstand of people watching us. And no one ever expects an athlete to quit in the middle of their race. Like you're all watching, they're like going, going, and you're not, if they stop and go, eh, they, they're winning, they're beating me, I'm done. Like we don't expect that. We're like, oh, you've got it. And the Bible talks about this great stand of witnesses, believers who have gone before us. And so I think about uh, when I'm embracing my race, Pastor Dennis. And Pastor Dennis is in heaven, and he pastored this church, and I'm like, I'm gonna keep running because I know he's cheering for me. And I think about my friend, Jane Grinnell, who went to the, be in heaven way too young, and I think about how good of a mom she was, and I'm like, you know what, I know she's cheering for me, I'm gonna keep going. And then I think about the people that I ministered to like decades ago when I was a youth leader, and I'm like, I, I think about them, they're watching, and I've gotta keep going. My sons and my grandsons, and those who are watching us and cheering us on, we've gotta keep running. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So three ways to persevere, hupamane, and reap the fruitful life. The first one, again, was embrace the race. The second one is cultivate your heart. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Luke chapter eight. We're gonna read a lengthy passage. Otherwise, you can follow along on the app. Um, but in this parable, Jesus is talking about the seed and the sowers. And I find it really interesting because in Genesis, when God created Adam, he created Adam out of the dust of the earth. And then he created Eve from Adam. Then he told them to be fruitful and multiply. So being fruitful was something that we needed to do from the beginning. And then the serpent comes in, twists God's word. They didn't hold fast to God's word and sin entered our world. And now Jesus is teaching a crowd a parable about our heart and he compares our heart to soil. So turn in your Bible to Luke 8 and we're gonna read this parable. Luke 8, starting in verse four. 
One day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across the field, some seed fell on the footpath where it was stepped on, and then the birds ate it. Other seed fell among the rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for a lack of moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up, and it choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on the fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as it had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Skip down to verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while. Then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. And that word patiently is huponame. It's to endure. So a couple of thoughts. The farmer represents God who sends seed um, into the world. He's using his word. And then the seed is God's word. So just picture, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? So he wants all of us to be saved. So the farmer spreads seed. God's spreading seed to everybody. Now the seed lands on different types of soil. And the Bible compares the soil that it lands on to our heart. And so how do we cultivate our heart for the Lord? Well, here's the different kinds of the soil of our hearts. The first one, the seeds fell by the footpath. So here, God loves everybody. He's got seeds. There's this footpath, and that's a road that is traveled by a lot of people. Now, these people aren't the same people that we talked about as a great cloud of witnesses. These are the people of the world. They're not even paying attention. The word is there. They're trampling on it. They don't care. The seeds are not paying attention to it. And so God still throws his seeds out there. That's what next Sunday is about, Super Sunday. If there are people in your life that are far from God and aren't really interested in church, we are throwing the seed out to see if we can get some of it to grow, all right? So bring your friends next week. So there's seed that fell upon the footpath, and the devil comes and steals it. And there are a lot of translations um, that say it was by the wayside, so not on the footpath, but by the footpath. And we're living in an era of cancel culture and mob rule and social media that's trying to get us to conform to their ways. We've got to look at the influences that are trying to bring us down this path away from God. And I think about a story of a clockmaker. And he uh, had the pendulum swinging, you know how a pendulum on a clock swings? And he was not feeling good and he was uh, laying in his bed and he just looked around at all the clocks, pendulum clocks he had in his house. He's like, oh my goodness, they're all swinging to the same time. I didn't set them like that. And so he tried to change it to see if it would you know, get some of them off beat and they didn't. And here the vibrations from the pendulum clock get everybody on the same path. And so I just want to encourage each and every one of us to really guard the influences in our life because we could be all of a sudden getting to the path of the world and not even know it and give the enemy a chance to steal the word in our lives. 
So uh, I had a cousin, I remember, like three years ago came, and he's trying to persevere and trying to follow God and dealt with some addiction, and he showed up at church at the beginning of the year, and he's like, I'm here, I'm doing it, I'm trying. And I just said, you know, there is a devil too, right? And that was like a revelation to him. And do you know that we have an enemy that is trying to steal the seed so we don't believe and aren't saved? And so um, at the end of the service, we're gonna have the location pastors give each of you a chance to um, till the soil of your heart and ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. So the second seed that fell was on rocky soil. And this is verse 13. They hear the message and they receive it with joy. But then, when there is a time of testing, they fall away. Now, everyone say when. When. There will be a time of testing in our life. If you haven't had it, you will. So it's good to persevere. So I think about the um, temptation. This is a, like a proving, a trial, a proving of fidelity. It's faithfulness or loyalty to a person. And so when we're, when we're tempted and we face these temptations, it's actually a proving in our lives. And in our American feel-good culture, we've got a lot of people who receive the word with joy. Like, really? God, God blesses me, and God gives me joy, and God can do all these things for me, and God can help me, and God can, and this is awesome! I receive the word with joy! And it becomes, it begins to take a little bit root. But then, oh, you didn't tell me that hard times come. And I just want to encourage each one of us. I think the church at large in America, we've got a lot of people who've got uh, rocky soil in their heart. And we need to ask the Lord to till our hearts so that seed, the word of God, can go deep so we have lasting roots. Jesus, when he was tempted in the wilderness, he demonstrated how to do it. He prayed, he fasted, and he used God's word. All right? All right, so the next seed fell among the thorns. And that's verse 14. They hear the message of the Lord, but it's choked out by the cares, riches, and pleasures. It's crowded out. So uh, this seed fell among. That's kind of the key word, among other things. And so in our lives, we can say, this is awesome. Like, I've got Jesus, and I've got, like, all my things that I have, and, like, this is great. But as believers, we have, have become spiritually stunted, and it, this scripture says that we don't grow into maturity because we're getting choked out. The word is among other things. Cares, this is a distraction and we're going in a different way and we suffer anxiety because we've got all these cares. Or maybe we've got earthly riches, uh, an abundance of external possessions that crowd out the word of God. Or if it's not that, there's pleasures. We've got this desire to have the easy life, right? And so those kind of things can actually choke out the word in our life. The fourth thing is seeds that fell on good soil. People who hear God's word and live by it, cling to God's word and persevere. And uh, in the NIV translation, it says, they retain it and by persevering, produce a crop. So, hupanime, again, this is steadfastness, constancy, endurance, unswerving faith. And that word is used 32 times in the New Testament. Seven of those times, it's in the book of Revelation. 18 of those times, Paul is telling the church to persevere, be patient, be steadfast. And I think about clinging to God's word, so it's all on the ground, and you go, okay, if I'm gonna cling to God's word, I'm gonna scoop up those seeds, put it in my pocket, and keep as many of it with me. And I think about in America, we've got our Bibles that are collecting dust. And in other nations, they like have a page that, they've, that they tore out and it's in their pocket and they're clinging to the word. May we all cling to God's word so we're ready to persevere. 
We cultivate our good heart by clinging to the word and holding on to it. Psalm 119, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Proverbs 4:23. guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. You need to do this yourself. I can't send Nate to the workout gym to exercise for me and build my strength. I wish I could, but I can't. I have to do it myself. I can't, I can ask people to encourage me, I can ask people to pray for me, but I need to go and pray myself. I need to strengthen myself in the Lord. I need to cultivate a heart, and so do you. So three ways to persevere and cultivate a fruitful life. Embrace the race, cultivate your heart, and count it all joy. Count what joy? Trials, tribulations, no pain, no gain. Now, I remember the first time working out and can't even make it through like the jumping jacks and the warm out section at the beginning. And I remember looking at people going, how are they doing? Like, this is so dumb. Like, who would come back? Who would join this, you know? And you go, after a while, you realize it doesn't get easier. You get stronger. And I feel like that is a word for us. It's not gonna get easier, guys. We're gonna get stronger. And so from that standpoint, it does get easy. James 1, verse 2, amen. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance, your hupaname, has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. 1 Peter 4:12. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. Count it all joy. Three things testing and trials do for us. They're proving, so they prove our walk with God. Think about Job, how uh, Satan came to God and said, he'll curse you if you take all those things. And it proved he wouldn't. Job did not turn his back on God. Um, it prunes us uh, and it prepares us. Think about David and Goliath. Think about Joseph. All these things, our trials are proving, pruning, and preparing. So I read a book a few years ago from Carter Conlon, and it's called Unshakable. And Carter was the pastor at Times Square Church several years ago, and he's very, uh, such a man of God and prophetic preacher. But in this book, I was so encouraged because he talked about God in his grace is giving us, um, getting us ready for the end times by letting us go through trials. And so I wanna just read a little excerpt out of this book. At a pastor's conference in one of the former Eastern Bloc countries, God put it, had put it in my heart to speak, to the, speak on the purpose of suffering in the Christian life. Approximately 1,000 pastors were in attendance, and the message I was about to share was one that I had battled with beforehand. Lord, these men and women suffer already. Why can't I bring a word of encouragement or talk about some kind of blessing instead? Why have you put this message on my heart? Nevertheless, on the first day of the conference, I went ahead and preached what I knew the Lord had given me, only to be met with a silence that was almost eerie. When I was finished, the pastors in the room simultaneously fell on their knees and began to weep. Initially, I thought, oh God, I have brought more despair to their hearts when I should have encouraged them. 
After the meeting, one of their leaders approached me and essentially said, Pastor, you don't know what has happened today. All this time, we thought God was angry with us. We have been put out of our jobs because we are Christians. It is hard for us to pay our bills. Some of us could barely even afford gas to come to this conference. Yet we watch television programming from your country and get the impression that if we are children of God, we should be wealthy and abounding. So when we suffer, we assume God must be angry with us. At that point, I realized that they had actually fallen on their knees weeping for joy. They'd finally understood what was happening in their lives was not God's punishment. On the contrary, he was preparing them to be able to stand in the days ahead. Have you thought about how you will cultivate your heart to persevere and produce lasting fruit? God is looking for a people who value their time with him. Just like the parable of the seed, we need to cultivate the soil of our own hearts. We need to cling to God's word and persevere till we see a harvest. No one can do it for you. John 15, five, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Isaiah 40, verse 31, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The opening question, how can we train and persevere spiritually in such a way that we're ready for the race and the challenges up ahead? We embrace the race set before us. We cultivate our hearts and cling to God's word and we count it all joy so we can have a fruitful life. Now, a few years ago, I entered a season of trial and it was challenging and I was working a job and my boss was not very nice to me, she didn't like me. And I remember the Lord saying, no, you need to persevere. You need to stick it out. And God began to work things out in me that I couldn't have had worked out of me if I would have just quit. And then I, um, the Lord released me and I went into a season at home and like, I love being a mom. Like, I love being a mom. And I went through a really tough season at home where it's like, okay, I thought A plus B equals C. How come my kids aren't making all the choices that I thought they should? And I remember one um, evening, I found myself really in a fetal position on my living room floor, just crying and saying, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I felt like the Lord just kind of picked me up and dusted me off and said, keep going, keep going. Because it's not the end, it's just a season, a season of time. And as we persevere, we begin to see the fruit. And it's fruit that lasts. And there are seasons, things that I picked up in that season, I am not the same person I was a few years ago. And I remember one of my friends came to me, she said, Jody, these trials have served you well. And I just wanna encourage each one of us, we have hope that the things that God is working and doing through us, we're gonna be like, I always like rapture ready, right? In the end times, when there talks about a falling away, those who don't have deep roots, Second Thessalonians talks about there's a great falling away of believers before Jesus comes. And my prayer is there's not one in this church that is lost to falling away. I just encourage you to grow deep roots. And so as we wrap up this series, let's choose to pursue life. Build on our spiritual muscles through spiritual disciplines. Let the compassion of Jesus flow through us to the world around us. Live consistently for the Lord and live a fruitful life. We'll all experience the rich and satisfying life Jesus promised. As we're closing, I just would ask everyone to stand.
There are some of you here this morning that as I spoke, you realize that you have not had a heart that's cultivated to receive the word of God. Maybe you're one that's by the path and you haven't even picked it up and put it in your heart. And in a few moments, our location pastors are gonna give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus and believe and have that word in your heart. Others may have realized that the things um, causing you to be unfruitful, and today you wanna cultivate your heart so you can bear a lot of fruit. Others have faced trials and you thought God was mad at you, and today you have hope knowing that he is with you. So the worship team is gonna lead us in a song, and as we wait on the Lord, I just ask each and every one of you to cultivate your heart and ask God for strength. But before then, um, I just wanna pray for you. If you're at a place that you want God to bear a lot of fruit in your life, just lift up your hands as I pray. Lord, I just thank you for every person here at Emmanuel and at each one of our locations, God. I thank you, Lord, that your desire is, us, is for us to bear a lot of fruit, lasting fruit, fruit that remains. I pray, God, that each and every one would not be offended by the way you work, but God, that they would trust you, that they would hold to your word, God, that they would hunger and thirst for you, God, that they would find that place of waiting in your kingdom, God, that they would know you, God. Lord, that each of us would find that secret place and wait on you. I pray, God, that we would see lasting fruit in this church. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you're looking to take the next step in your faith journey, visit us at emmanuelcc.org. We're excited to continue on this journey of faith with you. We pray that you are encouraged today by Philippians 3, 13 through 14. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us.